Barnacle, ja. Och Japp. Ja, just det. Pitch Japp, ja. Pitch Japp. Pitch Japp är också med. Det är ju roligt. Ja, it's incredibly confusing all this. Hello everybody and welcome back to Made in to Z, broadcasting from an undisclosed location previously utilized by us and utilized sometimes by Dead Cosmonaut. Sometimes, yes. I don't know if you have your facts down but uh, Henrik and Matthias, you must know those guys and they are the rhythm section of this band. And you've been recording here just now, right? Yes. Yep. Drums? Drums, drums. The Finishing. last, the last beat of the drums for this session. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. How did it go? Brilliantly. It went. Henrik was on on beat. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Did you play along with him as he recorded? No. 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 So you played only to click track and memory, or some back track? To a memory and to a counter screaming out numbers and a <laughs> click track. So yes. no music in your in your head. Well, I had a guitar that went dun, 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 but I asked him to turn it down because it was not tight enough. I'm for tight. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Actually, you don't want an untight guitar to play with. You can add <laughs> those untight guitars after on top of tight drums. That's gonna work. Yeah, sure. That'll be just fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, Eric still in the states, so it's us three today, and we decided to talk some covers again. Yes. Hendrik's favorite topic. Indeed. Well, one of the favorites. And I just happen to be here. Yeah, but well, it's your favorite topic I'm, I'm too. A, I've gathered. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm the impressive bonus for this episode. Uh, and you also have all those B-sides <laughs> back home since ages on physical. Uh, the Maiden versions, uh, absolutely. But uh, most of the original versions also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. D- do you have the Golden Earring album? Uh, no. Well, we're not going to jump ahead of ourselves now. But no, it's no. it's coming That's a up. spoiler. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a mild spoiler because yeah, I think mild. they're all in the title anyway. <laughs> these four songs, but which one is first? Juanita, right? Juanita. Juanita. Yeah, Juanita. Juanita, right? On the B side of uh, "Stranger in a Strange Land," I believe. Exactly. Yes. Recent mm. purchase. One of my favorite Maiden singles, actually. Mm. Nice. The, the twelve-inch has a nice uh, artwork that works for twelve-inch. More so than seven inch, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. lots of details. It's like a full album artwork mm. almost. Yeah, but it it follows in the somewhere in time vein with this sort of like detail stuff going on anyway. I think so. One 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 fun fact is that uh, for some reason, uh, when I first heard the song was on Swedish radio, I heard on Rockbox. On Rockbox, I heard we heard the for same. For some broadcast. reason, <laughs> reason he decided to play a B side from the new Maiden single. Yeah, that's a bit weird. And this is one of those confusing ones. Like I, we talked with Don Svan, I played uh, that girl, which mm-hmm. is coming up in a later covers episode, and mm-hmm. uh, he said, that, "Oh, that's the original Iron Maiden version." Okay, yeah, it's the Iron Maiden version, sure, but is that really the original? And then I checked with yeah. Henrik. I think we yeah. checked before. We might want to check again because I'm not following. Who made this song? I mean, yeah, it's a it's a really confusing thing. And when it comes to Juanita, it was was it recorded or rehearsed in this version with the the previous Nico, but the band what was what 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 was Marshall Fury? Marshall Fury, yeah. So that's a new name entirely. I haven't yeah. even heard that before because I what was the other name that was thrown around? Uh, 
for 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 that girl. FM. FM. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's yeah. up with this? No, it's is, a, it, is this deliberately impossible to follow? I don't it's know. It's the incestuous maiden family uh, uh, adventures. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let, let's uh, let's bone it out, as yeah. we say in Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's bone this out. Yeah. What's actually going on, Henrik? Yeah, well, bone Mar- it out. Marshall Fury was the name of. I don't know if it was a band or just a, a, f- a couple of guys rehearsing. I'm not really sure, but they. Marshall Fury. Nico McBrain was involved in this, and a bass player called Martin, Martin Connolly. Martin Connolly, and. I don't know. This is early '80s. Yeah, I guess. I think so. it was before Trust. Yeah, before Nico was in Trust, mm. uh, and they—I'm sure they knew each other from earlier. Mm. Nico and the bass player, but I'm not sure about this. Um, and they had a bunch of songs for mm. some reason. Yeah, and I think the song credits will shed some light on it, but I'm not sure they do because I don't really know. What to make of the names? Uh, so these songs included Juanita or that girl. Juanita or? was one of the songs, and when, which is how they get to to end up on a Maiden B side, when Nico and Adrian decided to play some music because they were bored of not playing music for a few months after mm. the World Slavery tours. Yes. So they got a few friends together and rehearsed and just made a. Some yeah, some kind of low key club gig. Yeah, I think thing. it was two two gigs actually. One yeah. as the Sherman Tankers and mm. one as the entire population of Hackney. Oh, yeah, the Sherman Tankers. Mm-hmm. Many names. Yeah, yeah. And Sherman Tankers is uh, rhyming slang for German wankers. Wankers. For wankers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So and how how does FM fit into all of this? I guess they don't have anything to do with Juanita, but that girl... That girl, I, I think... The, yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we might get to that in That Girl, but when it, I think Dave Colwell was in FM, or is, yeah. was in FM, yeah. and he sort of brought the song with him. I, I'm not sure if any other guys... Yeah, well, Andy Barnett, uh, who... Uh, uh, F- FM kom ju till efter. Yeah. All right, so we, we can take it from there. Mm? Yes. Uh, what, what Matthias just said in Swedish was that FM was later. Yes. So we can just leave FM for now. Yeah. We're yep. also not doing that girl. Yeah. Yeah. But Juanita. And what about it? It's Marshall Fury. Yeah. And like we said before, it was a band that Nico played in the early early eighties. Yeah. It's before Trust. That's before what Trust. we know. Yeah. That's what we know. And Juanita was written for and by this band. It must have been by those guys. The the credits are O'Neill and Barnacle. I don't really know who they are. No, but, but we, we're guessing that they were members of Marshall Fury. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and this was something that a, a project that never came to fruition because otherwise we would have heard about the song, I guess. And the song never really was recorded until Maiden recorded it. All right, so yeah. it was recorded uh, at first live then with the entire yeah. population of Hackney. Yeah, the bootleg, and then, and then yeah. For the back, uh, yeah. for the B-side of... Yeah, strange in a strange land. Yeah. Bootlegged on the entire population of Hackney. Mm. Yeah, so oh, that's called true. That's true, so called yeah. our maiden bootleg, which is, isn't really our maiden. Yeah, there was there was yeah. Nico, there was Adrian. Adrian. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was friends of those guys. Uh, there was Andy Barnett who was in Urchin earlier with okay. uh, Adrian, and there was uh, Dave Colwell. Who who just was a guy? He was around in the yeah. in the scene. I don't a friend. Yeah. I, 
a we guy can that was a guy that was around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in this ancestral a guitarist. Yeah, fam- yeah, a guitarist, and songwriter yeah. and songwriter. Yeah, also mm. wrote uh, "Reach Out." Reach yeah. Out mm. by himself. By yeah. himself. Yeah. yeah, because that feels like it's an Adrian tune, right? Yeah, but Adrian just sort of, uh, I guess, frontmaned the yeah. the, the song for yeah. him. Then. They, I mean, but they, that's uh, later. That's for a later, later episode. That's later, yeah. But they all kind of, you know, they fall under yeah. the same period of time. Yeah, they do. In a way, the mid '80s that these songs crop up. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but currently, Juanita, yes. And is there any major differences in between that live bootleg and what ended up on on the B side of of Stranger? I don't think there is. I don't really. think there is. No. And a uh, fun fact is that uh, the bass player that we mentioned earlier, this Martin Connolly. He is also the bass player on Rhythms of the Beast, the the drum VHS, the video that yes. Nico recorded yes. in '89. Yeah. '89, it was released yeah. in 1990. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, the the live video that can be seen on YouTube, you can see this, the bass player of the entire population of Hackney and Marshall Fury playing along with Dave and Nico. Right. Mm. Yeah. So now we're all clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely clear. Yeah. Did we get all the facts right here? Yeah. I, I, uh, I think we I mentioned so. most of it. Yeah. Yeah. We listened a bit to to the live version before. I guess I could play a little bit of it now, uh, just uh, for reference, because I guess this is the first uh, public. We don't know of any gigs that Marshall Fury. Maybe they played a few pub Possibly, gigs. Possibly. Yeah. We I don't, don't know. know. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll have to wait for Nico's uh, biography. Mm-hmm. So they open uh, this uh, entire population of Hackney set live in London 85 with Juanita. Yeah. Anyone knows where this is? The marquee. Marquee. Yeah. Yo, 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 yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A few years later. Mm-hmm. Is that Nick on drums? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So this was done out of boredom. Apparently. Apparently. I guess it's quite similar to the B-side version. Yeah. Of course, vocals aside. Yeah. yeah. But this I mean, is, this it must be Adrian. It's Adrian, yes. yeah. Uh, Adrian's voice is devoid of any star quality, in my opinion. It's good, but it's completely anonymous. Well, it's a decent voice, I feel, but. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he was the lead singer of Urchin. Mm. Yep. And uh, he, I mean, he just saw himself. It was the. The lead singer and a rhythm guitar player mm. turning ah. into a fantastic lead guitar player in our yep. maiden. That's a weird progression. Yeah, because I mean, I remember him saying that he learned everything from Murray. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. he quickly got better. Yeah. I mean, technically speaking, that. Yeah. Mm. We talked about this, me and Christian, doing uh, one of the guys each, not doing them, mm. emulating <laughs> them. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah. that uh, <laughs> uh, Murray is the fave of most young kids, yeah. us included, uh, mm. because uh, and he said that he has more of a style, more of a, his own identity in yeah. his playing. But Adrian is like uh, clearly better. So as you get older, I guess more, more you know, get into the instrument, you, maybe you might be more impressed by Adrian. 
And then I've turned back to Dave, maybe because I've had to study some of his stuff and mm. realizing it's very cool. Uh, I've never asked you guys about that, the two main guitarists of this band, which is, which is better, which one is better? Well, I have always, uh, for some weird reason, I had a discussion in Gothenburg with, with, about this, that even back in 1983, when I was just a small child, for some weird reason, Adrian Smith was my favorite. I don't know what I based that on, but I think it got something to do with uh, my favorite track back then was uh, Flight of Icarus. And I knew that Adrian was the guy who wrote the music for that one because it said on the sleeve. So if that guy wrote my favorite Iron Maiden song, then that is my favorite guy in Iron Maiden. And it was some some cool, I mean, the Dortmund show in 83 with... uh, there's some photos with Adrian and that Dean, wicked yeah. Dean guitar. Mm. He just looks so, wow, that was my guy. That was your guy. <laughs> For yeah. some reason. So uh, he's, he's always been my, and I mean, as the years pass on, it, he he's just been there. I'm just a total Adrian fan guy. Fanboy. Yeah. Fanboy. Uh, fan yeah. man. Fan man. <laughs> now a fan grown up. Yeah. Doesn't have the same swing to it. A f- yeah. fan grown up. Yeah. No? Yeah, yeah. Fanboy. Fan man. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But I, I would say, yeah, Adrian is, is, I guess, was way more towards my style, especially when I was getting back into 70s hard rock and stuff. Mm. That is more more of that tone and that, uh, you know, the, 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 the rocker, I guess, yeah. of, of mm. the bunch. And now that I'm into the Dave thing, it's may- maybe because I've spent like a couple of decades just worshiping Adrian, so it's time to, to, <laughs> to look back at Dave. I think he was really good in the gig we saw recently uh, down in Gothenburg. I think yeah. Dave uh, had one, one of his better shows. Yeah. Uh, him mm. and Nico stood out uh, that gig, I yeah. think. We met quickly afterwards, and uh, Matthias had no voice left, which is a great sign. <laughs> well, he didn't have any voice before either, so... <laughs> <laughs> and didn't for three days afterwards no. either. Right. Uh, Henrik, yeah. what about you, the guitarist? No, I, I was more, I think, just infatuated with the band in a very weird way. I mean, all of them were mm. fantastic a unit. M- mu- musical icons for me, in mm. a way. And... I remember Dave Murray being the one that stood out a bit more visually in some kind of way. I don't know if yeah. it was the blonde thing or yeah. how he played. Yeah. And I guess that's why I sort of started leaning towards Adrian's side because he was a bit more... I mean, I'm, I'm always... I'm totally uninterested in, in sports and stuff, but if I'm going to use an analogy, I'm always rooting for the, for the losing team. Yeah. <laughs> and in that way, it felt like Adrian was my favorite because Dave had a bit more star quality in a, in a way. I don't know. I get that. And I yeah. think that was part of it for me yeah. uh, with Adrian too, that uh, especially when I was younger and more a little bit more moody, I guess, I liked that I felt that he was a bit sad, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I actually liked that, yeah. you know, like, like he's, he, no matter the success, like the song, uh, the Richard Blackmore uh, tune, I think it's a Richard Blackmore tune, Still I'm Sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Deep Purple anyway, Rainbow, I think. Rainbow. Rainbow, Rainbow yeah. Mm. And I always felt like that, like, he's still sad. Yeah. He's just getting better and better, <laughs> and that's great, but he's still sad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It could always get better, you know. Yeah. He's never really satisfied. There's always something yeah. that bugs him. There's always something he can approve upon, and mm. something, there's always something. Yeah. It's sort of in his nature. Um, uh, but uh, I mean, on the a- end, uh, on the e- other end of that personality is someone who is always trying new stuff to improve, and yeah. he is the guy in Maiden today that brings in new stuff, yep. new impulses, and new ideas, new s- type of songs. 
sometimes not better. That it's not better. I don't judge it by that standard, but it's always there's something else. He tries something new. Mm. Yeah. I love that guy. Searching yeah. also. Yeah. yeah. Searching and, and looking further, I yeah. guess, for something Picking new. up new techniques. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, always learning. Yeah. Mm. I think big part for me was also uh, getting really into the band in 2000, uh, the Wicker Man solo bit. Mm. I liked that a lot, especially then. Still do today. Mm. But how it's like uh, book ended by these m- melodic bits. Mm. And it's just this little own song of itself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Adrian. Adrian. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> really, really good stuff. Yeah. Let, let's give the, uh, the maiden version of Juanita a little spin here before we go on uh, and also what is this song this is about a girl I guess that girl is, is this, that girl is gone but Juanita is here is Juanita that girl I don't think Juanita is that girl <gasps> I maybe, don't know maybe there's a theme <laughs> I haven't I have never paid attention to the lyrics they must be quite bland I guess And it's also this rumor that it's actually Adrian playing the bass, I think, on yeah, this. Yeah, I've heard that too, yeah. on this yeah. and, and, and that girl. So he's never going back. Maybe Juanita is like, mm. never again. That didn't yeah. go well. That didn't, that didn't go well, so... I'm never going back. Yeah, so the next song is only called That Girl. He's not even mentioning her. Uh, yeah, maybe I thought, always thought like I always thought like this: that girl is that girl. Juanita yeah. is just past past yeah. news. Mm. She's not that girl. <laughs> but obviously, the songs don't really have anything to do with each other. I, guess. <laughs> I, I, I don't, you know, aside being on the same B side. <laughs> yeah. I also pulled up the lyrics here. Yeah, it cost me a bundle trying to track you down, Juanita. Yeah, it cost me a bundle. So this could be some kind of prostitute situation, I guess. <laughs> Trying to track you down. It's true. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Or maybe hire a prior detective to yeah. track this Juanita. Yeah. And it's the truth, girl. Mm-hmm. It's the real thing, girl. And uh, I'm looking from town, town to, to town, town for, for you. You know, you never offered much security. So she's a roller, I guess. Mm-hmm. She's a roller. She's no lady. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm going to get you back. You just, just wait, wait and, and see. see. So he says. He says here. You know, I'm gonna get you back. Two rows later, I'm never going back. Yeah. So clearly, he hasn't made his mind up at all about this. No. No. It's a bit confusing. Okay. Uh, fast it's, forward. It's, a, it's about as confusing as the origin of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Living in a Chelsea flat seems so lonely now. I don't know. I gotta get you back. I just don't know how. I'm never going back, Juanita. No. Well. Make up your mind. It's um, let's let's just leave it. And then basically says nothing more. So I'm gonna go ahead and say these lyrics are uh, absolute nonsense. So what do we think about this song then? Yeah, to wrap this segment up. Yeah, is it a good song? I know I liked it when I heard it, but I was 11 years old and it was a new Iron Maiden song to my knowledge. Yeah, Yeah. of course. Yeah. No, I don't like it. But I always paired it with that girl. For obvious yeah. reasons, it's yeah. uh, for me they stick together, right? So they're like track one and two of of that B side. If, if and you, uh, that girl, I really like. We'll get, get into that later, but mm. I think especially guitar wise, it's a really cool track. So Juanita was always the song that is not quite that girl. And I, I think the riff is pretty rocking, but it's it's an empty song to me. Yeah. It's an absolutely empty track. I, I do prefer this one to that girl. If we're gonna, really? we're not, yeah, but we're not gonna talk about fighting that girl. words, fighting <laughs> words. Yeah, but I don't know if that says much. 
No, I guess you don't fancy them that much. Right? As, I know for, for certain that as a kid, I thought that Juanita was way better than that girl. <laughs> I thought that girl was yeah. such a boring song, oh, really? even as a kid. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> as a grown-up, a grown-up fanboy, yeah. I think that girl is a tad better. But both are kind of weak. Hmm, strange. I was really mm. like that girl, but maybe not so much as a song, more as a production and a soundscape, because I can't get enough of that uh, Summer in Time sound. Mm. We talked about it before. Yeah. You were on uh, Loneliness. Yeah. I really like uh, the sound of that. I think it's quite unique. And I think that girl sounds a lot like that album the, with the guitars yeah. in the beginning. The palmute thing. It's really inviting to me. Yeah. Oh, it's one of my favorite B-sides by the band. Yeah. But now with you critiques here, you cri- <laughs> you, you hard-ass critics here, maybe it's not a great song. But I, it appeals to me way more than this one, even though I think the riff is quite rocking. It's an empty track for me, Juanita. We do yay or nay in the cover episodes, and this would be a nay for me. It's, uh, a, it's a yay for me. It's a okay. yay. Yeah. It's a yay. Yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm done with that. Yeah. <laughs> and also, these, these verdicts have no effect at, so, at all, you know, in the future. So Doesn't matter. Let's no. give it a yay. Yeah. 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 And head forwards. Yep. Are yes. we, for more confusing stuff, or what's happening now? Now we're going to... We're going to, to the Netherlands. The Netherlands. The Netherlands. The Netherlands. And, uh, We've been there before with um, Van der Leer and um, Hocus Pocus. Yes. Hocus. And now we are... 70s? Yeah. 70s, indeed. 75? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the title is, uh, to continue on the confusing theme, it's yeah. in, both in English and in French. So it's... Uh, I don't know. Is it "Kill Me" in parentheses and then "Cesoir" is the title? I don't remember. It's something like that. It's like that helicopter song. Gotta get some action now. But everything is in parentheses except now. Yeah. So the title is actually now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's "Kill Me Cesoir" by Golden Earring. Yeah. B-side on the uh, oh, bring a daughter to. S- it's on come on, Henry. From that album, anyway, for sure. Bring a daughter to slaughter is no. It's not. No, it's not. No, it's it's uh, it's it, holy smoke. It's holy smoke. Holy smoke. Sorry. Holy B- smoke. Let's holy edit all that out. Smoke. It's, it's the B side to the holy smoke single. Yes, of course it is. Yeah, um, the twelve-inch version or the CD single, which they were releasing by that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's give it a quick listen. Mm? Why not? Start with the maiden version this time, then. Immediately, it's a very non-maiden sound to me. It is. It sounds slightly more gothic, you know, with a pumping beat. You know, Billy Idol or something like that, or even Danzig. That's what I hear. That's a reference I would never have made, but I <laughs> sort of understand where you're going, or where you're coming from, rather. Not super maiden, anyway. No, not at all. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you know Billy Idol yeah. but it's basically just you know a straight eight note feeling that I'm mm-hmm. referring to it's a synth on top yeah yeah. who's playing that is that Steve probably he did most of the synth back then mm-hmm. I 
I mean, you must agree that rhythmically does not feel like uh, it's not the maiden feel. No, no, not at all. Very straight. Yeah. Slow. It has a bit of a mysterious sort of drive to yeah. it. Yeah. And I don't think Maiden totally nails it. Not at all. I think it's sort of like... The weird thing is that they are actually rushing the song because the original is a lot more slow-paced. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah. So it's about six minutes long. Is there anything that I should fast forward to here? Not really. I think we've had all the parts ah. by now. So Some solo or something maybe? Yeah. This is, well, is Janik a soloist? Yeah. Yeah, Janik, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice to hear him reined in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anything to say before we sample the original? Well, the, the, yeah, what are you going to say? It was on, on the album Switched. On the album Switch, mm-hmm. 1975. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the credits are to Fenton, Coyman and... Hey? Hey? Fenton. Yeah. Fenton. Fenton. I don't Wasn't know. that the guy that was Gizmo Quack in, in DuckTales? I think his <laughs> name, the accountant that was Gizmo Quack That's was Fenton. That's way beyond me. I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's not beyond anyone born in the mid-80s. That was the shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> when we were like nine. <laughs> Fenton, yeah. the, ac- the ac- uh, accountant, mm. who was then the mighty Gizmo Quack. But anyway, yeah, who is this yeah. guy? <laughs> I think uh, Hey is the singer, I don't know I the members yeah. of, uh, of uh, Golden Earring that well. And the I think the Koimans guy is one of the guitarists mm. or whatever. Mm. I only know the drummer is called Cedric, but that's Cedric. Yeah, because it, he's a very good drummer. It's not really pro- that prominent on the Kill Me Cesar track, but I think it's a fun choice for uh, for Maiden to cover since it's not like Golden Earring's most famous song, but it, it's it's one of their staples. But it's not like. It's yeah. not like Radar Love no, or Twilight Zone. No, it, because no. they have been name-dropped. That we've all seen if we you know, look through some, I guess... Steve is a huge fan, yeah. You've seen uh, Golden Earring uh, being mentioned. And mm. even I guess even by Bruce, like, oh, Steve is into Golden Earring and he's into uh, Nectar and, uh, yeah. mm. and mm. Jethro Tull, I guess. And mm. it's, it's, they, they are mentioned in the same sort of sentence. Yeah. Big yeah. inspirations. And I've also th- I also think I have read something about when... Because the choice of this song must be Steve, and he he must have chosen it. And he was sort of like deliberate rating. Should they do Twilight Zone or should they do this one? I mean, Twilight Zone, the Golden Earring track, that is. And uh, but they choose this one, and I don't know if I don't know how and what he listens to because they're a band that made have made loads of records, mm-hmm. and I don't really know what kind of era he's of their career he's into. So Twilight Zone is the eighties, so I don't really know. Maybe that was sounds a like a very eighties title. Yeah, yeah. Danger Zone. Yeah, Twilight well. Zone. <laughs> <laughs> to the Danger Zone. Okay, uh, let's listen to the original a bit. I've heard it for the first time today before we started recording, and uh, is it similar? The eight notes are there. Yep, but not as pronounced. I would say this sounds more fluid so far. I mean, there are no yeah. drums yet. It's a bit more laid back. Yeah. It's almost like a sitar kind of quality yeah. to guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Danzig. 
Number <laughs> It's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I I could definitely hear dancing do this more so than you yeah. know, Steven and the boys. Definitely gonna stand by the dancing comparison. Yeah. It works in my opinion. Musically yeah. it works. Yeah. You hear that he's a good drummer. Yeah. In that feeling. Mm-hmm. A bit psychedelic with the guitar. Yeah, yeah. Backwards. Immediately I think it's better than the maiden version, but I guess you know covers are usually not as good as yeah, the originals anyway. The vocals fit way better in my opinion. Yeah. But, but that's not really Bruce's fault. I mean, he didn't pick it. No, no. But this just makes more sense. Yeah. And like I said before, this it has this kind of mysterious sort of drive to it. Yeah. And the slower tempo makes it even a bit more mysterious. And the fun bit is that for me, the maiden version sounded slower. I know that this yeah. is slower. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in, in, in numbers and facts, this is slower, but. It's because they are more living the tempo. The Maiden sounded like they were yeah. wanted to play faster yeah. somehow. I mean, this is a good song. Yep. This is a really good song. And I didn't think so until I heard this version. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But this is more exciting, that's yeah. it, you know, somehow. Even though it's even more laid back, it's more enticing, I guess. But it's got a, but a lot more of a vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the important thing, an uh, unimportant thing here. Yep. It's an important thing. An important thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. In good drums, yeah. Yeah. Did I just say his name was Cedric? His name is Caesar. Oh, okay. Yeah. Caesar, so, Cedric. Yeah. Cedric, no. Caesar is his name. Caesar. Mm-hmm. So what can we say? Uh, weird choice again. Yeah. They yeah. tend to pick weird covers. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which is, I guess, more fun for us in a way. And in some in some cases, they they get away with it. I mean, we talked about this earlier, and I think Cross-Eyed Mary would, uh, was an odd choice for a Jethro Child cover, but they, their version is really great, I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because for me, that's... a. Uh, more of an obvious choice because that was my first Jethro Tull song that kind of you know vibed with me because my dad is a big fan so ah, okay, I listened yeah. to Jethro Tull before mm. I listened to Maiden and I remember that was my clear favorite because I like that chromatic that fit with me somehow I like that kind of riff when I was younger I guess did you listen to to the Aqualong album and heard that song before you heard the the Maiden version yeah yeah, okay. yeah, I mm-hmm. heard that before, and I think Maiden version was done well. I mean, we we already covered it, and yeah. that was, I think, one of the more resounding yays in this yeah. mini, in this mini mm. sub-series. Yeah. I can Maybe add my yay, yay, even yeah. though it's a few episodes. I'm a few episodes behind, but yeah, yeah. But yeah I mean, the, your opinion a... matters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course, it matters. Of course. <laughs> so, what about this one then? What's your opinion on this? The, the Maiden version is uh, a nay. Yeah, uh, no. It I must do- say that too. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really work, especially knowing that the original version is quite good. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you think they would have done better with another track of? of uh, I think they would actually have 
No, I don't think they would have done Radio Love, but maybe Twilight Zone would have worked. But it has a... Yeah, Nico, Nico you could hear Nico that playing that. Sounds promising. Yeah. That definitely sounds promising. Yes. For Maiden, yeah. Because this beat... It's not... It's not for Maiden. No. Not really. No. I mean, they've done a completely different thing for, for years already, mm. since, considering this is 1990. So it's almost like, you know, they shouldn't do this, in a way. No. Now, I think that's a good point, a fair point. I'm glad they did, because that pointed me in the direction of this, of the song, of the original mm. song. Right. Mm. But uh, the Maiden version, it doesn't really doesn't really gel, it doesn't really flow. No. 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 It gets no. a nay. Mm-hmm. Nay. What's next? The next one is what we know as King of Twilight. Hmm, right. But it's actually two different songs. And the original artist would have known this as Crying in the Dark and King of Twilight. Yes. And the band is called Nectar. The British band that were they based in Germany or were they formed there? I don't know. I think they were they were based and formed in uh, in Germany and played a lot there. Yeah, but they toured the world, I think. Mm-hmm. And back in those days, were Europe and Northern America, I guess. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Seventy mm. two. Yes, one, right? mm. uh, from the album "A Tab in the Ocean." A tab. Exactly. So it's not a guitar tab in the ocean. No. No. It's what is it then? I don't, I don't know what a kind tab. of tab it is. Is it you're the translator? What's a tab? <laughs> yeah, what is a tab? <laughs> tell us, please I mean, tell a, us. A tab could be a, a flarp, whatever you know. It could be something. <laughs> a flarp, flarp. Yeah. For all you people out there, it's a flarp. It's a flarp. <laughs> <laughs> so tab. A you piece were of asking me to translate for <laughs> a piece. Yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, I did actually. Yeah. <laughs> a piece of paper. No, I mean just a tab can be a small. I mean, of course, there must be tabs. Put it. Put note. it on my tab. Yeah, and right. Note. Yeah, yeah, a bar, on your tab, bar, exactly. Tab. A bar tab. Yeah, then yeah. we have something. I don't know if there is something a list, like a note, a note in the ocean. I think there is. If this is some kind of pun, is there something going on about a tap in the ocean, and then a tab in the ocean? Is something you English-speaking pe- people out there who are hearing this can enlighten us? Enlighten us, please. The title for this was "Crying in the Dark." Crying in the dark. And they were are they separate tracks or uh... no they are they are completely joined together you can't you couldn't tell that there are two tracks unless you had the titles and okay <gasps> we had a, a quick listen before recording and in this segment you can't really find any connections to the maiden version it's they they do alter between these two chords a bit in the beginning yeah. very slowly okay. and, and when they kick when the, the drums kick in you can hear Steve's doing this sort of like bass solo-ish mm-hmm. thing going and bass that, fills yeah and they are you know ripped from this mm. original so because you know the, the Maiden version is very cute in the beginning it's, yeah yeah, true mm-hmm. so now we're sort of getting there Yeah, I recognize a little bit of this. Yeah. If you listen to the bass now. Yeah, you can tell mm-hmm. that's something Steve yeah. Yeah. picked up. Yeah. And that he almost plays note by note. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Man, that's very Steve. Hmm. And even the cowbell they kept. Yeah. This part is also in the cover, right? Yeah. Uh, hmm? I've been trying. Trying so hard. Bruce must sing this uh, an octave higher, 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 yeah. 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 It's, no band could sound like this after the 70s ended. But many have tried. Yeah. But I think they can't nail this exact, like the sound of the of the B tree and the, even how he plays that that bass thing. Mm. It's very precise. Mm. But of course, there's no click or anything. No, it's just because if you play the bass that high up and you're not like rhythmically on spot, it sounds mm. terrible. Mm. So, so, I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's, it's very 70s, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is still in Crying in the Dark, and it's going on for some time, because the Maiden version, after this second verse, Maiden kick into King of Twilight, whereas this one goes on for another four or five minutes with yeah. solo parts. Really good stuff, but mm -hmm. it's... <laughs> For Maiden, it was like, let's cut that yeah. shit out. Yeah. By so, this, they would have kicked into yeah. King of this Twilight. This they don't do, right? No. Mm. And this no. is really good. Yeah. This is very 70s. Yeah. Uh, well, to me, this is really what I started to discover after my initial hard rock phase. I went for this kind of stuff. Mm. There would be bands like Camel and such. Mm. Mm. This, this type of rhythmic flow and melody flow, it's hard to beat, in my opinion. I like it a lot. We talked about uh, Bo Hansson also uh, not too long ago for you listeners. Yeah. And uh, th he has a bit of that too, but in a different way, of course. Mm. And this part is really nice as well. It's just uh, very good, very cool. Uh, is this in the Maiden version? No. Nope. No. Mm -hmm. Huh. This part is totally omitted. So yeah. Very few people speak of this. Yeah. They're not about to sell this to Netflix. No. Even though it, it would be good for Netflix to have this. <laughs> and there's a lot of music that would be good for, for movies and television series and stuff. But this that, would be great. Yeah, but they don't know about it, so they use Metallica and Kate Bush instead. Yeah, or Bruce Springsteen or yeah. Bob Dylan. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's probably why they sold the catalogs, or why they bought the catalogs. Yeah. yeah we can sell it to a TV series later. Exactly. No, I like this kind of stuff. It's yeah. it's 
fantastic to play this kind of music. Yeah. So it's, it is, yeah. yeah. Not that I have ever really nailed this sound. I haven't like, nailed it. Like I said, it. it's hard to do today. It's but almost like it's in the water then. It's no longer in the water now. Yeah. But I've imagined I'm playing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's nasty too. Yeah. I was like, peaking guitar. Now, now yeah. we're going now we're, into... Now we're soon yeah. coming into King of Twilight here. Yep. Yeah. There we go. The childhood's end theft. That's true. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Must be that. Mm -hmm. That's a funny thing too that they have had lots of the thefts presented in in cover songs and B sides. Mm -hmm. And here you can feel a bit of the uh, Wishbone Ash vibe too. Yeah, it, it's yeah. the harmony yeah. vocals, yeah. definitely. Yeah, the yeah. harmonies and the, the guitars yeah. and the singing. Yeah. And also being quite metal, while not at all sounding metal to most yeah. ears, you know, but it has that kind of, you know, heroic or mm. knight-like yeah, yeah, ride out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, ride out yeah. in the fields. Epic, yeah. Yep. Mm, yeah, that's, really that's why I really like Wishbone Ash, uh. because they do that without the oversaturation with distortion and uh, no, you know, no, no, it, you can basically you can play metal without the sound of metal. Yeah. yeah. And the title, of course, is very metal too. King of Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very metal. It is. Chance to be free. Have fun far. <laughs> This is a Sabaton part. <laughs> Could be, but then yeah. it would be completely destroyed by yeah, the course. way they do things. Yeah. Oh, here we go, a new groove. Yeah. Tempo shift. Yeah, but that's the, that's the same way Maiden does it, so yep. it's... Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is cool. This is not in the Maiden version. No, no it's not. No. And it, uh, it could be. I, yeah, exactly. Mm. Definitely a metal riff. Yeah. The harmony. You can have a harmony guitar playing uh, that. Diminished? Yeah. Uh, why not? Mm. It's killer stuff. Yeah. And this is very classic. Yeah. That could be Blue Oyster Cult, previously mentioned. That yeah, it could, yeah, it could be. And, you know, astronomy. But now they're back to... To Maiden. Yeah. And here we go. This is the last minute, so yeah, yeah. now we're going to actually let it drop. But uh, it's very enjoyable to listen. Yeah, it is. I, 
It's possibly my favorite original song. I mean, in original version. Then we're very strong. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's really good. I'm trying to think if there's. I mean, I like All in Your Mind a, a lot as well, but the original one. Yeah. Stray. Stray. Yeah. yeah. Rainbow's Gold. Beckett. Yeah, but I think Maiden's version of Rainbow's Gold is a lot more energetic in a way. It's more feisty. Yeah. Feisty. <laughs> So I've got things to say about the way they interpreted it, but I mm. think it's best to to play play it along and and comment uh, the maiden version that is. Mm. Mm. It's a very cute intro. Well, I think this actually is a good way to interpret what we just heard. It yeah. sounds different, but it's still, of course, more direct. Mm. And yeah. them recording it in 1990 could have effect. On that, you know, that wasn't really the age of yeah, but this long is not this, this, this is not eighty four. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the mm. uh, Ace is high. Ace yeah. is high. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We didn't mention that. No, we did. Yeah, no, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. yeah. of yeah. course, it's on Ace is high. It's not on the. I was struck stuck in the old. Yeah, yeah. I need just the bass fills. Yeah, yeah. But I guess eighty four was also not the age of extremely long weed smoking <laughs> style music. You know. I guess not. I don't know. The original version sounded very dopey. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if they smoked or not, but mm -hmm. it had that sound. So the thing with this version is something I didn't know until now, mm -hmm. that they've really shortened it and sort of made it, I guess, the idea to make it more time effective. Yeah. And that's the big problem, because when I've listened to this track, I've always felt that it goes everywhere and nowhere all the time like it doesn't know where it is it doesn't know where the, it's like a song that doesn't know what it is and and hearing the original it completely makes sense to me because they give it time and they let the parts go into each other mm -hmm. when i listen to the maiden version i'm more like this is a mess it's interesting because that's I, harsh i yeah i never <laughs> thought about it like that but i do i do prefer the original extended things going on but with this but I mean, I would I say so far so good. Uh, I think this far into the song, yeah. I don't have that issue. But mm. I, I will tell you mm. as we go along. Yeah. Because obviously this is less than five minutes. Yeah. Version, so. It's a bit faster, but I mean, not a lot. I mean, this far into it, I'm always thinking this is one of my favorite Maiden uh, B-sides yeah. covers altogether. But then things happen. Already here, I'm like, what's going on? Mm. And now, There's f like four minutes out of the song. Yeah, yeah. Now, now that I heard the original, yeah. when this comes, no problem. But here mm. it's like, okay, why did you get rid of all that before and completely switch? Yeah. Mm. Also, it's a bit more, of course, it's a bit harsher in the dynamics too. So mm. it loses a bit of that floating feel. Definitely. So they do the individual parts nicely, I think. Mm. Not really a problem with that, but the song needs the length, for me anyway, it, to make it, any it, sort of sense. Yeah, it benefits greatly from yeah. it, yeah. Now, and then the jump back here is like, I don't know, it's a bit jarring to me. I like it. I, but this, this, uh, this, uh, from so far in King of Twilight, which is the second part that we yeah. listen to right now, is as the original yeah, so exactly. far. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, dynamics aside. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Apart from that, they have harmonized the vocals differently, but yeah. that's a different, that's another thing. 
And here it switches again. Yeah, because... And this is when I'm really thinking, as yeah. a Maiden B-side listener, not knowing the original, like, where is this going? Mm. Because the original sort of like extends a little bit more on that. Now they switch like three times in uh, uh, four minutes. Yeah. They completely switch song. And then back here again. It's yeah. Like, what? What's going on? Mm. It's been preparing you for Iron Maiden in the 2000s. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, <laughs> they draw things out a lot. Yeah, but they do change things for no reason at all as well. True, true. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, if this was done now, maybe they would have taken their time. I don't know. Maybe so. Because yeah. this, this doesn't take its... It doesn't give the any time or space for the song to breathe and to change. No, that's it true. It sounds like a medley. Yeah. It's a bit like Which that. Which it is, yeah. in a weird way. Uh, yeah. But I must say, having heard the original now for the first time, mm. it does make a little more sense. Yeah. And then it just ends like that. Mm. <laughs> Which the original does as well, but... Yeah. So... Uh, uh, I'm gonna go first here with the verdict, and I would say I would have said nay, unless I heard the original. Having heard that, I'm gonna give it a J because that original was a killer song, mm -hmm. and it's not like they slaughtered it or anything. They just proved how good that was <laughs> by yeah. doing it wrong. <laughs> I mean, it was performed well. Yeah, it was performed well. Yeah. It was just arranged wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. Like uh, you shouldn't have shortened it. No, no, no. I, I, I agree. I, I think I, to me, it's I was. I didn't hear this track until the first 10 years releases in 1990. So, because I didn't have the Aces High single. So, this was, to me, a total revelation. And I thought it was a fantastic song to hear. Mm -hmm. e warts and all with the yeah. weird edits, because I didn't know about the original, but I liked it. And hearing the original, it was... I, I sort of wonder why didn't they do it all, all the way? But then I also realized that it's not really how they do things. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, but you're it's you're free to rearrange a cover, of course, and yeah. make it more like towards what you do. Mm -hmm. But in mm. this case, I think it just uh, made the song hard to understand for me mm. until today. Mm -hmm. But really, I listen to weird music and everything. It's, it's okay to change on a dime, but I just couldn't follow it. Mm. And the original I could follow. Matthias, what do you think? But I have always loved this song since, since I was a kid. In uh, The Maiden version. Yeah, the Maiden yeah. version in 84. Yeah. I didn't hear the... The Nectar version until mid '90s or something. When did you buy the album? I think I bought the album in '93, '94, something. Yeah, like that. something yeah. like uh, And uh, I've—it's always been a favorite of mine, mm. al along with Rainbow's Gold. Yeah. And uh, but l like you, you both point out here, the the edits are a bit. It's a hard edit. A bit hard edit. It's, yeah. it's, it's a mm. harsh edit. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, uh, as a grown-up, maybe I, I... As I, a fan man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe as a grown-up and uh, I had, wouldn't have made the same decisions as they did, right. I would have let it breathe a bit more and expand in... Some parts could have expanded more. I mean, there's no guitar solo parts... Yeah, and that ending bit when they even went a bit diminished and all that could have been very cool to hear. Yeah. Mm. There was a riff there, it was a clear metal riff that mm. could have been utilized very nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you said before we started recording, Henrik, that maybe it was sort of from memory or maybe that was referring to another track. Yeah, but that's I, th I think this one as well, because yeah. it, it sounds like that they got they get things slightly wrong. Yeah. It's like they do, they know the song. 
but they haven't heard for a while and they don't listen to the album. Or Steve knows the song. Oh, yeah. Steve Showing knows them. the song. Yeah. Them, yeah, something like that. So there's this sm- small differences that makes me think that maybe they just play from memory. Maybe, mm. which is cool in a way. Yeah. It's just that it didn't really promote the song. I mean, now I know what a good song this is or a yeah. couple of songs or whatever yeah. you want to call that. Mm. Uh, I have to check this album out for sure. I think this, from all the originals we heard, Mm. Uh, in tandem with Maiden covers, this might be the best so far for me. Mm. It's really cool sounding. Yeah. I love the two original songs, and I like the Maiden King of Twilight song. It's a yeah. big yay for me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but maybe that is because I've it's so ingrained in me since since '84. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but I'm I'm yaying it. Yeah, it's yeah. because of the original. Yeah. I don't think they. I don't think they discredited the song or anything. I just think nope. they made a couple of uh, bad decisions in terms of uh, structure and mm. you know, overall. What's that word again? Disposition of the song, mm. like yeah. uh, being this uh, eccentric and weird. You need a bit of time mm. to make that work. It's like some of the old Opeth stuff. If they just shortened that to five minutes, it wouldn't have worked. They needed five uh, five minutes more, just you know have. If there's a sharp change, maybe you need to really like play that part before, almost for too long, and then mm. the change feels like it's warranted. Mm. Like you, you play 16 repeats instead of four repeats, and like okay, it changes. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for it. Uh, whereas the maiden version of this song is like I, I'm not ready for anything. It's just uh, it's, ha- it's happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Things are happening. Like and then you're back and oh shit, what's happening? Yeah. So, but it's gonna get a J, especially for pointing out such a great track. That's a cool thing to do. You know, they're already in the career and everything. They didn't have to do it. No, they didn't have to pull up an obscure weird track from ten years prior. So um, an unleash on an uh, unknowing ten-year-old in Sweden, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who just that, fell in love yeah, with it? Actually, heard it at ten years old. Yeah, it was yeah. in '84. Yeah. yeah, that's really. That's cool. how old I am. That's true, <laughs> but I mean that, that itself is impressive. But it's more impressive that you're <laughs> impressive. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. But it, having heard that maiden version, that cover, the B side at ten, is, is, is it is impressive to mm, me. It's interesting mm. because that's something I guess most ten-year-olds are not subject to no i don't think so no maybe. like you don't dig into b-sides when you're 10 years i was 12 maybe. 12 when i heard my first maiden b-side it was rainbow's gold yeah yeah and when i was 12 all the b-sides were just live versions yeah but i mean yeah so i'm familiar with those mm. if i bought an a record yeah i listened to it yeah, yeah i course. mean you you didn't go out and buy a record and di- and don't listen to it because they were expensive and True. especially for yeah. me as a kid i have to save money to get these records yeah, yeah. So it was a big deal, and luckily the the songs were great. And I mean, yeah. and I remember remember listening to to uh, Two Minutes to Midnight, and having this babble thing, a mission for Mary. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, now as a grown up, I think it's quite cool that I actually put it out. But for me as a kid, it was like this is a waste of time. The funniest part was Ben listening to it, Ben Webster, Ben Webster, Ben Webster in Australia, and he yeah. he, he was scared. The, the, oh shit! The band has disbanded. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, of course, uh, you know, I think he's around your age. Yeah, he was a kid, and he was, he was scared. Like, this is the end of Iron Maiden. <laughs> I didn't understand it. I didn't know English. Yeah, well, when I was that's 10 his years first old. language. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, of, of course. Uh, and that's a divisive track. Uh, some guys I know that uh, Fergal, for example, really doesn't like it. He finds it very frat boy, very uh, stupid. Uh, I guess I'm neutral to that. I, I find it quite fun, you know. 
I guess if some band did that today uh, with an iPhone recording, I wouldn't find mm. it as interesting. But, but the fact that it's like a tape... Uh, would they put it on a record? They wouldn't. That's they wouldn't. really weird. Yeah, that's wouldn't. really, really that, weird. I think that speaks a lot about... now about our, and This is not about Mission from Mary, but I mean, it speaks a lot about our Maiden as a band, how they could take some... Uh, I mean, a proper argument, a row between the members, yeah. and they could put it out... <laughs> Yeah, it's, well, uh, I guess uh, the only thing I come up with is Lars Ulrich doing that very well because they released the uh, arguably crappy album Sankt Anger and then yeah, yeah. they had already booked the, the, the team for uh, doing the documentation. Yeah. And they were there to do something like one and a half years in the life of Metallica part two. Yeah. But uh, happens to be the band is falling apart. Yeah. Mm. And Lars is, I think it must have been Lars, smart enough to just, you know, no, record this too. Yeah. Mm. And of course that movie is, uh, you know, miles better than the record. But it was documented. And that's a similar thing, right? Yeah. Like documenting yeah. the fall down or documenting a band that yeah. crumbles. Which is, of course, to have that sort of distance, yeah, exactly. self-distance, Look, looking from the outside, yeah. almost like a, a you know a, a good version of a psychopath. Yeah, like he's putting the emotions aside yeah. and thinking like this could be a product. Yeah, <laughs> sounds promising. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. So okay, yeah, that was uh, maybe the most interesting one we've done so far. I think in the cover yeah. series, mm -hmm. uh, and we have one more for today. Yep, massacre. Massacre. Very familiar with that. Yeah, because. Uh, Johnny the Fox. Yes. Of course, I had to buy it, being Johnny. And uh, it's a great album to me. Really like it. And Massacre, obviously, is uh, on the same topic as The Trooper. It's on the exact same topic. The exact same We were talking battle. about that earlier. I, I said, is this a thing about the Charge of the Light Brigade? Because there's yes. 600 yes. unknown heroes, whatever. Yeah. And... Uh, well, of course it can be. It's a huge thing in the sort of like Anglo-British history. Exactly, you know, they have so. that. Uh, I listen to History Pod and the Swedish uh, History Podcast, and yeah. uh, they talk about one of the guys is like, yeah, the the kids in England they get the good stuff. They get you know the Darius, the information about Darius, Darius the first, Darius the second, Darius the third, mm. and we don't get that in in Swedish uh, history school. I don't think we get Axel Oxenstierna. Axel Oxenstierna, of course, yeah, yeah. and Arvid Horn, Hattar Mössor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. But I mean, yeah, the, the, it's it's short of the Light Brigade, yes. And yeah. uh, the, the Crimean War, I guess yeah. it's called. Mm -hmm. yeah. Crimean, yeah. So same topic as Troop, and we mentioned before, wearing your influences or even your thefts on your sleeve. This is another case, because obviously, same topic as the Trooper. Mm. And uh, the Trooper is nothing like the song, really. It's a way different, even the perspective is different. It's from one soldier, mm. and this is more overarching, like uh, you know, 600 unknown heroes and all that. Mm. But it does also sound quite maiden, yeah. Harmony guitars, I think that's where I mean, Maiden gets their Steve Maiden, whoever gets their idea. I mean, I think this is a huge part of that. But have you ever heard Steve talking about Thin Lizzy as an influence? I think I, I know for sure that uh, Adrian is a is a Lizzy fan. Yeah. But I've never heard Steve talking that much about Thin Lizzy. Adrian mentioned them as late as uh, Different World opening track of A Metro Life and Death. Yeah. 
you mentioned that was a bit of an ode to Thin Lizzy. Um, yeah. Tell me why you can hear that mm. is you know a slightly lower register. Yeah, something yeah. that uh, Lionel oh. could sing. The, the cool part in that song. Yeah, the only the good, only good part cool. to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's the part that ruins the song for me. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got terrible Ruins. taste, Henrik. Terrible well. taste. <laughs> No, you don't. You yeah, don't, you have good taste. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I do liking parts of a song from 2006 with Iron Maiden. That's terrible. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe. Well, maybe <laughs> we got some bad. Uh, that, that's one one of the few times we got some bad uh, feedback was when we did uh, Brighter Than a Thousand Suns way back. And mm-hmm. it's like you should listen to the songs before you do them. <laughs> I don't but know. I, I haven't checked that out I, again. I was in that episode, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I did listen to it because I had to know how it sort of like what 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 it was on about. And I remember you saying before recording, "Is there anything to say about this song?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you live and learn. You you work out the kinks. For the record, out there, I like that song. Oh, cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it more now. Yeah. The, the, this the BBC Studio Live version is good. I, I think that's that's really Adrian good. doing an epic. I mean. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. a big thumbs up but I'm a bit of a fanboy again so yeah. Yeah. Uh, well I guess I would say I think Lizzie, especially if you go back a year I was m- really crazy about that band because previously I hadn't really figured them out I was looking at it more, maybe more like Henrik looks at them like uh, the shuffle rock uh, gub rock uh, mm. old man's rock not that interesting but uh, diving further into it songs like Angel of Death uh, which is rumored to have been covered by Maiden yeah but never released never released during mm. this A Matter of Life and Death era yes uh, songs like that, is, it's, for me, it's incredibly good. And I like Phil Lina's way of writing songs. They don't even have to be presented with the Thin Lizzy sound. It's just good songs to me. Uh, and Massacre is definitely one of them. I mm. think it's, a, it's an amazing song. And uh, I don't know, Henrik, you don't like Thin Lizzy, right? Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't like them, but it's just that they have, they put, we were talking about this earlier, and they're one of those bands that, in the 70s, they just had to put out albums, albums, album tour, album tour. They put out albums, so yeah. much stuff so that they had to write. And a lot of it isn't really up to scratch. But I mean... Maybe a bit like Deep Purple. They also had to churn bands, it out. You know, yeah. Kiss, any Black Sabbath when you come to later albums. I mean, there's always going to be stuff not really happening. And I think within Lissy, it, to me, it's... A, a lot of it, I think it's the style of stuff that I don't really like but when they have good songs it's fantastic But I guess why I like them so much is that it's not hinging on style. It's just good songwriting. So it could be performed by anyone, in my opinion, yeah. mm-hmm. in any style. It's good songs with good lyrics, good chord choices, good melodies. Mm-hmm. It could be performed in a pop style. It could be performed maybe not in a death metal style, but, you know, anything up to that could be done. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great band. It's not like Iron Maiden, maybe the songs, well, actually I like some of the Hell songs covers when they really mm-hmm. pull it down. Mm. But I think Thin Lizzy has that strength in, in just pure songwriting. That's what I like about them. And Thin Lizzy never really had to be a kind of band. They weren't trying to be a hard rock band or a heavy band. I mean, they were just... I think Phil Linnett just wrote the music that made sense to him yeah. and presented to great musicians. Songsmanship. 
songsmanship. Oh, that's a great word. And, and he, he's first language English, but he makes up words all the time. All words are also made up. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so uh, what, we say, what would we say about the Maiden version? For me, it's quite faithful to the original, mm-hmm. unlike the last one. Uh, maybe, uh, f- surely it doesn't surpass it or even come up to it, but it's a really good tribute to me. And I have less things to say about it than the previous versions. It's yeah. just a good rendition, I guess. I yeah. agree. It's a, it's, a, it's a decent rendition of a decent song, in my opinion. Seventh Son era, of course, yep. yeah. we should mention. Can yeah. I play with Madness? Can I play with Madness? Mm-hmm. I actually think the Maiden version is really, really good. I think it has a lot of spark, mm-hmm. ha- has a lot of attitude. Bruce is singing really, really good. I think they're doing a stellar version, actually. I know when I heard the original for the first time, it was kind of... Sounds like Lizzie. Yeah, <laughs> that's how they Good. sound. Yeah, uh, and it was like, okay, this is not as in your face that I I like them. I like the song to be. Uh, the original version is a good one. Uh, I think Thin Lizzie is... If you, if, you, if you were to pick their greatest 25 songs and compare them to the best 25 songs of any band, they would be one of the best bands in the world. Yeah. But if you listen to all their songs and try to make some sort of, okay, how good is the songwriting 100% of all the songs, they wouldn't be one of the best bands in the world because there's so many sappy songs, so many songs that just feel half-baked or this is a good idea that they didn't really take all the way it just to me it just feels like they had to produce too much music for maybe, their own yeah. good yeah and henrik was onto that too uh, maybe i would up that number to maybe 40 songs or something yeah, yeah. but uh, in general i agree and also with the maiden version it, it's a really good version yeah yeah and I, I actually agree with you there mm. uh, maybe i i'm more a fan of the original so that makes it you know by comparison but i think i'm i'm in line with that have you heard the the original before you heard the the maiden version it's kind of similar timing actually mm-hmm. like uh, when i bought johnny the fox i was already 30 or something and uh, and then I, of course i had to check out the maiden version mm-hmm. i think i might have heard it before once or twice but it was almost the same time and it does stand up to the quality of the song it's a good tribute mm-hmm. it doesn't mm-hmm. change much again it's quite similar. Yeah, yeah, they they played a little bit more harder. Or less. That's it. Yeah, and of course it's Seven Sun era. I like that era. Mm. I think they sounded well. Uh, so, uh, of course, yeah. Yeah, did Matthias? Didn't you 
ask before before we did this recording if Thin Lizzy had played this song live. It's on Live and Dangerous. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Because, Great version. Because that might explain why Bruce is singing a different lyric to the original track. Oh, okay. Because I think Bruce sings. It's, it's the second verse. He. Uh, there goes the whatever it is. There goes the bandolero. The bandolero. Gonna through the. Yeah, but the thing is, he says uh, he doesn't care at all uh-huh. in the original one, and Bruce sings he doesn't care if he lives or if he dies. Okay, and I think that might be something that if if that's a difference on the live version, then because why would Bruce change that otherwise? Sometimes he just changes things, right? The yeah, lights yep, begin to fade mm. instead of change. Yeah, for example. He just felt it sounded better, which it does. And mm. and the weird thing that they changed at the end of the second verse of The Evil That Men Do, that I can't understand yeah, But he's why. got some kind of uh, mental flip with that song that he, yeah. he can't, you know, <laughs> can't do it. I remember Tom Mariah from Slayer saying that he had some songs where he just, you know, it just flips in your mind. You always do it wrong. And Bruce <laughs> said that about The Evil That Men Do. Yeah. It, it always go, comes out wrong for some reason, mm. the lyrics. Don't know why. But uh, verdict for massacre—it's uh, a yay for me. Yeah, it's a big yay. It's a big yay. It's a yay, but it's not a very strong one. But it's a yay. It's one of these songs. It's like it's been made for Nico McBrain to play drums on. Definitely, yeah. it has that. Yeah. And Brian Downey is already a cool drummer. Yeah, mm. absolutely. But Nico has that seventies, but a little bit more spark, a little bit, bit more fire. Yeah, I think this is one of the best uh, covers by me. So overall, this batch that we got today. It's a strong one. It is, yeah. yeah. Juanita, the weaker, but I think it was yayed by at least you two. I, I was the yaying one. Yeah, yeah. I was yay. Yay. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah. it landed on yay, but mm. it was all yays today, pretty much. Uh, uh, Kill Me Sassois, the maiden version, isn't really That's true. super no. good. That's true. But, but, it, it's, but it's, it did a, point, it's a really cool song. Yeah. Pointed towards a nice song. Yeah. 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 Which I think we've been on to before, but that's pretty much the point also of these covers, I think. Yeah, I think so. Just to point you towards, uh, I mean, Thin Lizzy is not obscure, but generally quite obscure tracks. Yeah, but Massacre isn't one of these, their staples at all. For me it is, but I don't know, I mean, I didn't follow them when I was younger or when they were on. When when I was a kid and I borrowed records from older relatives and friends and so on, Johnny the Fox wasn't in anyone's collection. Okay. So it wasn't until I heard the Maiden version I had to f- try to find Johnny the Fox. Ah. Uh, so, I, <laughs> by my standards, it, it's not one of the staples. Right, right. Prove me wrong out there. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I just like that album a lot. Yeah. Johnny the Fox. <laughs> and Jimmy the Weed. <laughs> so I think that's it for today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nice bunch. Yep. Henrik doesn't like uh, doing any slogans or taglines, so I'll ask you. I'll ask you, Matthias. So I'm out. I'm I, uh, out. I'll just ask you to say the, those three words that Maiden fans like to say. Up the irons. And score from the north. <laughs> effective. Yes. Very effective. Nu får vi faktiskt ta en liten pausa, men visst är det Andy Barnet som har kred på. Juanita. Det skriver jag faktiskt inte upp. Det är han som har kärd på den och någon som heter Barnacle eller något sånt där. Barnacle, ja. ja. Och Japp! Ja, just det. Pitch Japp, ja. Pitch Japp! Pitch Japp är också med. Det är <laughs> okay, ju roligt. Ja. It's incredibly confusing. Ja, vänta, uh, vänta. 
Det här måste vi, vi, nu måste vi veta det här. Ja. Här sitter vi inte och killgissar. Va, var, var bröt vi? Va, nej, vi låter det rulla bara. Ja, låter nej, jag rulla. tänker bara ifall vi ska komma in ah, igen. Det. Så att vi, ja, var bröt vi? Det var FM. F, du frågar om mm, FM, ja. så, så, så svarar vi på var, det sen. Var de kom in i det här? Jag Det är så jävla retfullt att ha fel när man... Ja, visst. Alltså, det, jag är ju 99% säker att det är de tre som har cred. Men man vill ju inte sitta där och sen bara... Nej, men... För det är ju Dave Cowell som har gjort Reach Out i alla fall. Och det är ju bara ja, och det är bara hans, hans låt, ja. Men vilka är det då som har gjort... Det är Barnacle O'Neill som har gjort en av dem. Ja, just det. Vad spelar Cowell ja. för något? Cowell spelar gitarr. Ja, och sjunger också kanske, eller? Nej, det är That Girl jag pratar om. Det ja. här är ju... Uh, nu tror jag upp en singelvariant <laughs> Fy fan vad dåligt det här Men sluta Ja gör det <laughs> Det här O'Neill Barnacle Det är That Girl Ja. Så Juanita är Men det är ju That Girl, vi är ju Juanita vi pratar om. Ja, men ja jag, jag nämnde den, säger den också. Ja. ja, bara för den är ju på samma singel. Men That Girl är Barnet, Goldsworthy och Japp. Okej, okay, så so That Girl är Barnet, Goldsworthy och Japp. Mm. Så är det, då är det O'Neill och... O'Neill och Barnacle. Är intressanta för Juanita. Ja, ja. Och vi vet inte vilka någon av de två är. Nej. Steve Barnacle har jag hört. Men Nico säger det i Listen with Nico för den singeln. Men... Ja. ja, fast det står D O'Neill. Ja, men Steve Barnacle. Steve Barnacle, ja, för det ja. står S faktiskt. Ja. Mm. Okej, okay. var ska vi packa upp bollen igen någonstans? Så, nu stänger vi av den. What's här. with FM och sådär, sa väl du va? Just det. Ja, ja men, eh, ja just det, precis. Ja, vi vet ju inte egentligen vad FM, vilka de är förutom att Dave Caldwell var med. Ja. Mm. FM kommer ju till efter. Ja, 